So this is the tenth episode of the podcast. Uh, we're going to be doing things a little bit differently headed forward. Um, we had Katie and Barbie, and they'll be on here as well. Uh, don't have a co-host today, but we do have our first guest, and uh, pretty excited to have him on. He is a was a great junior player, from what I hear. Played college golf and just overall great guy. Uh, Jeremy. Fry, a.k.a. Bubba. What's going on, my man? Oh, not much, Pods. How are you? I'm oh, doing pretty good. Is it cold I, down there? I can't I can't believe that I'm the first guest. Y'all must have had some cancellations <laughs> or something. Yeah, we may have had a couple cancel, but you were high on the list. Uh, we're trying to, we're just trying to make a splash. We're just trying to make a splash. Um, I hear you. But... Yeah, we have some bad weather, so not a whole lot of golf going on. Um, when was the last time you played golf? I actually played in uh, Jacksonville on Saturday. Wow, wow. So fresh I out had, of the uh, season, you're already playing. Well, it was a last-minute uh, thing. I had uh, I had 10 putts through my first three holes. Wow, <laughs> that's always good. Three birdies, well, I will just tell you this, and you may know, you may not know. I know you've played the uh, the big tournament at center, uh, you know, for several years back in the day, and you've played center a, a fair amount. But this past, uh, I guess it was, so we played on Saturday and Sunday, okay? So Saturday, yeah. we played, it was like normal. The greens, you know, when they get dormant, that's when they get really fast. And uh-huh. the greens were were pretty slick on Saturday. But we all played good. I think Buck shot under par. Everybody else kind of, you know, the majority of the group was around 73 to 76. And then a couple guys, you know, didn't play well. Well, I'm not going to call any names, but one of my buddies, he's a good player. He struggled. He shot 88 <laughs> um, on Saturday. Well, that night – we're just hanging out and stuff, and he shoots a text in the group message to the greenskeeper and says, hey, Reed, why don't you roll the greens tomorrow? They were pretty slow today. Bubba, when I tell you it was it was literally unplayable. It was unplayable. Yeah, the, I can, the I low, can see that. The, I mean, it was the goofiest golf I have ever played. And that's not even – that's not an exaggeration. Like, it was so bad that you just – you couldn't even get mad. You would just laugh. Yeah, um, probably, uh, and, the, and the bad part about it was is the greens were fast and they were stupid fast, but you know where they can put the pins and make it impossible. Yeah, the pins weren't even in hard spots; they were in the middle of the green, and we were still putting it off the green. That's yeah, how that's what I was going to ask. Was. Where, where were the pins? Yeah, no, he didn't get crazy with the pins, um, but I the, like on nine, it was back left, and if you got it anywhere right of the flag, even if it was on the green or off the green you were going to chip it over and off, you know, and it was almost, I had the, no. I know, I know how to play the course when it gets like that, you short side yourself and leave yourself an uphill chip shot, you know, and I, and I did that for the majority of the day. But what got me was I was chipping them up and they were getting halfway there and they were rolling back to my feet. And, mm. but the bad thing is, is if you chip it past the hole, then You've got to put it back down. I mean, it's just it was just it was like a carnival. It really was. So whenever you say whenever you say number nine, is that tournament nine or y'all's regular nine? No, it's like it's like a regular nine, but it's not front left. It's like back left. Yeah. 
So it, it like if he would have put it on the front left, no one would have finished. Oh no. And it, but I've never ever ever seen him that fast, and it was just it was it was fun because it was so hard at first, and then once I got to like the back nine, I was just like, are we really gonna do this again? <laughs> did y'all keep playing or did y'all? Oh yeah, we kept playing. playing. We called the bets. Uh, Buck ended up shooting seventy eight, but he had an eagle and three birdies. Was and he shot low? Seventy eight. He was low. And then uh, nice. we had a couple guys at 82. I shot 84 with two birdies. Um, I mean, it was just dumb. It was just like if you hit one bad shot, you're you're going to make a double. Like one bad shot. So, what the guy that shot 88, what did he shoot? He ended up shooting 85 or 84. Um, he played better uh, than he did the day before, but that's not saying much because he really did beat it around the first day. But it was hard for everybody. That's what – I just kept asking everybody. I'm like, is it as hard for y'all as it is for us in our group? Yeah, I mean, it's hard on those turtleback greens. Somebody I – mean, I really wish you could bring somebody from, like, out of town in and just – and if you threw them out there on that, they wouldn't – know like a good player, you know? I mean, they wouldn't know what to do. No, I mean, I've – Because I've, it's – it's not real golf. Yeah, I, I've – I mean, Yeah. But they, and but that's I mean during, especially during the tournament I've brought some I've brought some mini tour players over there whenever I was playing to to the East Texas Open for their first time and you know the first uh, the first day the practice round you know the, the greens aren't what they are during the tournament and they said oh well this is nothing I said just wait until the tournament and then. After the tournament, they're like, "Yeah, you're right." And this is, <laughs> but and that's the that's the course's only defense is yeah, oh yeah, the green. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. But that was the thing is we we were and I didn't hit it bad. I played decent on Saturday and on Sunday. I mean, I, I hit it all right, and everyone did. Everyone in my group hit the ball fairly well. Um, and then when you just got up to the green, it was just like, okay, here we go. Yeah. I was I, – I, I'll say this. I was three over. I had made a double and a bogey going into number five, okay? And it was into the win on five with a back right pin, and I hit it up there like six feet. Perfect. Up the hill, like it yeah. was perfect. And I, and I made it. And, and I got lucky and made it. And I was like, okay, here we go. Well, on six – so I'm back to two over. And on six, I hit it 20 feet, pin high. And made a and made a double, and after that, it just kept trending the wrong direction. <laughs> but yeah, we'll and get then, into the we'll get into the ETO uh, here in a second. But so, just tell me a little bit about like your your early life. I mean, you're from Palestine, correct? I am. Okay, so Palestine, where did you play golf growing up? No, a little nine hole course called Meadowbrook Country Club. It's called Wildcat Golf Course now. Yeah, it's owned by the school, correct? Well, it's owned it's owned by a church now. The church is leasing it to the school district, which I mean it's good. I mean it's I mean they started the golf management or turf management program for uh for the school and the kids are working on it, but they just don't have enough money to make it what it was whenever I was growing up. Yeah. Well that's cool though. I mean that is that's yeah, something it, good yeah. for the kids. Oh yeah, and yeah, it's it's great for them because you know maybe they're not, maybe they don't pick up on it 
when they're in high school and like, oh, well, I'm no good at this. You know, I, there's no reason for me to play. You know, maybe they working on the golf course and, you know, learning about that stuff. That's another way for them to get, you know, involved. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I wish they so, had that whenever I was in high school. Yeah, no doubt. Me too. Um, so, you, what was it like? Like, when did you realize you were, like, a pretty good player? Like, well, so, I know that's a thing for, like, a lot of my buddies, at least, like, being from East Texas, like, small towns. Like, we yeah. didn't really travel. I started playing golf late, but I had buddies who played earlier. And, like, not a lot of them went and played big junior golf, you know. I don't know how kids like that or kids from around there would get into that. Yeah. So, I I started I started playing golf whenever I was five with my dad and and I, and then I started playing tournaments, I believe, like the, like the NTPGA East Texas chapter stuff whenever I was, I think I was 10 and I was all right. But then once I got to that age group of the 12 and 13 division, I believe I won the East Texas chapter the area championship is what they call it. And then I won like the one where they took the East Texas, the South and West and North and had like a big finale. I won that, uh, whenever I was 12 or 13. And I guess that's maybe when I kind of quit playing, uh, all the other sports. I mean, I was yeah. big into, into soccer whenever I was really? growing up. So it was, yeah, it was so- soccer and golf. I mean, Looking at me, you probably never know that I was pretty, <laughs> I would pretty good at soccer. Yeah, I was. I was a good forward. I was. I mean, pretty decent. But, huh. That's pretty yeah, interesting. Uh, once, uh, yeah, once I won that, uh, I kind of, I didn't play. I mean, I played football in middle school, but I didn't really care for it. So yeah, I just uh, probably right around then is when I decided to lean toward golf and focus pretty much all my time on golf. So that's like twelve or thirteen. Yeah. Okay. Well, then when did you start getting into like the uh, like the AJGAs and things of that nature, like the bigger national tournaments? Uh, probably not too much. Uh, Longer after that, uh, I played in – I forgot what they called them. They were uh, – you could only – you couldn't be – it was like for 13 to 15-year-olds, I believe, for – it was like oh, junior all-star classics is what they called them, I think. Uh, and and I, I'm lucky to have a, a dad who was big into me playing golf and – and could support me, and he took me, he took me and my brother all over the country playing golf in the AJGA tournaments in Florida, Maine, all wow. over Texas, uh, Vegas. Uh, yeah, that's a big yeah, thing was, is like being able to travel and do it. You know, I mean, yeah. anywhere. But and, and that's the thing though is like golf. That's really no different though. Like those, you know, when you get those people who are really into baseball, I mean, they're traveling every weekend as well. Um, oh, yeah. My, and so that's yeah. what that's what it's transitioned to, and, and golf is the same way. But we just didn't 
you know, we didn't think about it like that. We just, we were all right for what we thought, you know, when we went to district and stuff and in high school and we just never really considered going and playing. We knew we weren't that good. Um, but it's because we didn't start until we were in high school. You're already winning, you know, these junior tournaments before we even we had even thought about picking up a golf club, which is cool though. Like I wish more kids would get into it. Like my little brother's ten, and uh, I'm really trying hard to get him into it early. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's good to get into early. Um, it's just like a, it's just like a kid picking up a baseball bat and a glove for the first time when they're a freshman in high school. Like their odds are not very good. Yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. And I was lucky. Like the only reason, like when I first started playing as a freshman, I uh, I think my first tournament score was like I, I started right before freshman year, and my first tournament score was like one twenty two, and the max is like one thirty something. Like it wasn't good at all. And uh, but I was lucky enough to be able to go out to the country club every day, and that's really all I did, um, and just practice. And that's what's cool about golf is you don't really have to do anything if you got. If you got the time and a place to do it, you can get, you know, halfway decent. Yeah. So you started playing before your freshman year? Yeah. So I was – I guess I was 14, and I, I – one of my buddies just asked me to go out there, and I had maybe picked up a golf club three or four times before that. And uh, I started then and played freshman – I didn't even know if I was going to play because I hadn't completely quit playing baseball yet. And then when the time came around – um to choose between baseball and golf, I was like, you know, I'll just play golf, and there we were. Yeah. And, uh, and that that's what makes it a lot easier for kids. I mean, going out there with your friends, I, I, I bet we had – I bet we had 12 kids growing up that were all within – three years of each other playing that play golf. And then once we got older, younger kids would start. So we probably had 15 or 16 kids within five years of each other that say that during the that's what you, that's what you need. And then you got people that that are around the same skill level as you. uh, And even if they're not, you have someone to compete against, you know, and we didn't have yeah. that. It was me and one other guy played golf at center when we were in high school. We had a couple others that played when the school year came around, but all year long it was me and one other guy. And um, that was it. And so it was hard to, you know, just go out there and play with each other. But we did. I mean, we played every day during the summer, just us two. Yeah, that's I mean, that's all we did. I mean, our parents would drop us off at 7 or 8 in the morning and come and – pick us up whenever it was dark yeah yeah and that's what you need that's what you need for sure uh oh, yeah. so let's so when you got into so let's we got to talk about the aj i i've i've never heard the story uh exactly uh from you so i don't know if it's correct or not but you won some tournament um won an aj and was it uh, abilene maybe uh yeah uh what was the course uh abilene country club okay so that was the one where you shot like ridiculous amount under par. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, nineteen under par <laughs> in for, three rounds. For, yeah, for three rounds. And so that was a record, uh, correct? Yeah, it was. Uh, I believe uh, I can't remember who beat it, but I think it was either last year or the year before somebody beat it. 
Okay. No, I, well, I, I, I had it. just heard that it was a 50 – for the 54-hole – it was a 54-hole record, you know, like low total, and that yeah. Tiger had had it before you. No, Tiger ever had it. Okay, okay. I'd be wrong on that. Uh, he His name might have been on – because if you went to, like, the AJGA record book on their website mm-hmm. – uh, Maybe at one time he had it, but if you went there now, he his name wouldn't be on there because they list like uh, ten or fifteen different scores for the lowest. Okay, fifty-four hole total. total. I mean, I got that a lot, and I, I've told everybody like I don't think Tiger ever had it. He might have had it at one time, but I've never seen his name on that part of the record book okay yeah that makes sense well a lot of their tournaments that they do that that's generally the format is 54 holes yeah uh, yeah that i'm aware of but there's some special tournaments that they do that are just 36 or just 72 so that was just for the 54 hole but that's i mean that's crazy so what year was that that was 2002 2002 so you'd have been a junior yeah it was in between my junior and senior year okay okay well, that's a little bit about junior golf. So then you uh, transition into college golf, playing for the Baylor Bears. How was that experience? It was probably the best experience of my life. It was – I met a lot of good good guys, had a lot of fun. Um, yeah, it was – it was great. We had so, – we had some – So who we were the cats on that team? Oh, man. Um me and Jeremy Alcorn and Matt Briggs and Wes Williams all came in as freshmen. Uh, then there was uh, Ryan Boccia, who was a junior when we came in. Um, Will Dowdy was a senior. Um, Ant- John Antunes was a senior. Oh, I'm sure I'm leaving some. Um, uh, Will McDonald, Big Mac is what we called him. Uh, okay. He okay. Was, I've he heard you talk about him. Yeah, he's a Birmingham guy. He's good. Um, then after, uh, after, after me, or my first year, and then uh, – Bill Alcorn came in and Carmine. Um, after that, uh, C. Willie came in. He's he's a mess. <laughs> yeah, I've had the but pleasure of meeting him a couple times. He is a <laughs> he is a character for sure. He is. Oh, and then we had some uh, we had some guys transfer in. Uh, Chase Thomas, who he played. He played golf at Highland Park in high school. One of our rivals, my junior and senior year, um, he played at New Mexico for a year, I think, and then he transferred in. And then Brian Meck went to, he was from Austin. He transferred in from New Mexico as well. And then Colton Turnquist from Austin, he transferred in from uh, UT. 
Yeah, so I had some guys come in after you were already there. Yeah, well, so, we, like, yeah. what was uh, – who were, like, the the guys that y'all were competing against? Maybe it was conference or, you know, like, nationals or whatever. But, like, who were some of the guys that we – that the listeners would know them by name that y'all were competing against? Are there any guys that are still out oh, there? Or uh, that... Yeah, I played – I played several rounds with uh, Dustin Johnson. Uh, played a lot with uh, – uh, Anthony Kim. Wow, that that could be uh, a whole podcast within itself if you played with Anthony Kim. Yeah, uh, yeah, we played we played in a couple of tournaments together. We played in the Big Twelve Championship a couple of rounds so together. Where did he play? He played at Oklahoma. Okay, OU. Okay, yeah, and he beat me. Uh, he beat me in the 05 U.S. Amateur, the first round of match play. Wow. Wow. That's how, – how was it playing with him? Was he like – was he like everybody says he is or – No, he, he's a – I mean, he's fine. I mean, I, I know he rubbed some people the wrong way, but I, I, I never had a problem with him. I mean, yeah, yeah. No, that's he, cool. He's cool. That's cool. He, he's a cool dude. But that's that's what's cool about like y'all's age of people is like that's that was a really really good like anybody you teed it up against was probably really good uh, and is still on tour you know that's yeah oh uh, played with uh, Jonathan Vegas a lot also uh, oh yeah he went to UT right yeah and he can yeah. hit it a mile <laughs> an absolute mile I mean there yeah. was this hole in uh, at A&M's tournament, I can't remember what the hole number was, but it's a par five. Ain't nobody's getting there in two. He hit driver two iron 20 yards over the green, and I'm like, how? How, how can you do this? Because <laughs> I believe I, mean, I I hit it pretty, pretty far back in college because uh, I never did work out in high school, and then Went to college, had to start working out, and I mean, I I gained a lot of distance, and and I could I could pump it out there, but mm-hmm. I could not. I can't even. I couldn't even think about catching him. So, in your time, and it doesn't have to be just in college. In your time, at it just your whole life of playing golf. Who was the best player? that you've ever played with where you were just like, wow, if he's that good, I I know that he's on a different level. No. Oh, um, I mean, Anthony Kim was special. I mean, he was, he was very special. He was, I mean, he was on a different level. Yeah. And that's what everybody says about him. Yeah. Um, when I hear like stories of guys talking about playing the Walker Cup with him and stuff like that, um, so did you have any like success in like as a team or individual in college, like as far as like winning tournaments and things of that nature? I, I never did win a, a tournament by my uh, in, in individual, but yeah, we won. We won. We won a lot of tournaments uh, as a team. I mean, we had. A, my junior year, we we had a really good team. We 
I think uh, before um, regionals, we got all the way up to sixth in the country. Wow. And that was back in – so who was the coach uh, for Baylor back then? Uh, Greg Priest. Okay. Okay. That was back in – I mean, obviously Oklahoma State's been, been you know, probably the premier school – since I've been oh, following golf, you know, and were they that way back then? Yeah. Too? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. The, they were good. We were good. Texas was good. So do you keep uh, up with much, do you keep up with much Baylor golf um, like now still? Man, probably not as much as I should, uh, but Every now and then, I'll check in and see how they're doing, and I'll I'll shoot the coach a text, and the, the new coach a text every now and then. And yeah, that's good. I haven't I haven't seen much from them, but I don't follow you know a lot a whole lot of college golf, you know. Uh, but it seems like seems like they're normally pretty good, still. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah, they're good. They. They got a sweet practice facility now uh, on campus, which I wish we had whenever we, I was there. Where were y'all? Yeah, y'all just practiced at Wildwood, huh? Or what was the other name of the? What was the other course there? Uh, Bear Ridge. Bear Ridge. Okay. Isn't there a course called Wildwood there? No, not uh, Wildwood. No. What is it? That the one that's right in the middle of town. Cottonwood. Cottonwood. I was close. Yeah. Yeah, Cottonwood. You got the wood part. Yeah, got the ending right. No, they had that big junior tournament, this Starburst or whatever. I guess it used to be big. It's not anymore. Um, when I first got into playing competitive golf and realized that I wanted to play a little bit, that was like my very first outside of high school golf tournament was there yeah. at Cottonwood. Man, the wind was blowing. It was. T- it, it wasn't easy. Yeah, the wind blows out there, and there's nothing to stop it. There's no yeah. trees on that corner. Yeah, yeah, nothing. Well, so when you when you got done with college, what was the what was the plan as far as golf goes? Did you know that you were? What was your? You know, did you did you try to play anymore? Or? Yeah, I, I tried. Um, I didn't have very much uh, success on mini tours and stuff. I just think that's really cool. Like when you hear guys talk about it, it didn't matter who you were or how many tournaments you won in college. Normally, for the most part, all those guys back then, that was the thing. I mean, you had to go play the mini tours for a cup for yeah. at least a you know, year or two and then and then do Q school. Um, and I just find those stories like super, super cool because you have some of the best players in the world and they're just teeing it up with, you know, other guys who are good, obviously, but, you know, and those guys will end up, you know, playing on TV. And you never know which yep. one of them it could be. Yeah. Because I've been – I've heard stories about the mini tour tournaments, and it's just uh, everybody there is good. So it's – what's weird is how it – how much different those couple guys are. Yeah, if you can – if you can get hot – at the right time, because yeah, like you said, everybody, everybody out there is is good. 
Yeah, there's no doubt. They can all hit the ball, and and yeah. it's all pretty much the same. Yeah, you get on at the right time, then you're going to make it. Yeah, and it's just a couple a couple swings here and there, maybe holding a couple putts is the difference between getting that getting your name out there, and especially at Q School. I think Q School should definitely still be a thing, like for the PGA Tour, because that there is you know to be able to play your way onto the tour is is really insane. Yeah. I mean, you hear a lot of crazy stories, good and bad, you know, for people, you know, not making it or getting in on the number or somebody bogey in the last hole so that they could get in or just, you know, wild stuff like that. Yeah, I'm not sure why they quit doing going straight to the tour. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I wish they would go back to doing that. So, what was some of your favorite when you were play it, trying to play the mini tours and stuff? What what were some of your favorite places to play? Oh, uh, probably uh, Phoenix. I went out there a couple years in a row. Uh, uh, the I think it was the Gateway Tour had a a winter series from like January until March out there. That was, I mean, you can't beat. Phoenix golf because especially during that time because it's 75 degrees every day it doesn't rain it's not cold it's yeah it's perfect golf weather when yeah, anywhere else perfect. in America you're going to be freezing or you can't even play you know yeah. in some places no that's cool that's cool um, let's see what we got here yeah so do you have any like crazy stories from those from those times on the on the mini tour circuit, man, not really, not from the mini tour stuff. Because I mean, I was I was struggling, and I couldn't go out and have too much fun because I had to figure out my game. But, yeah, I mean, I got some stories from from high school and college and. Some uh, barbecue tournaments, which I'm big into. Now. Well, yeah, no, that's that's what I was trying to transition to is the barbecue tour because that yeah. that is it, it's something special that not a lot of places have. I just find it, um, I find because like I say, I'm very very new to this compared to a lot of other people, you know, and so I've only been exposed to the East Texas nine hole, pretty much, you know that that vibe of golf and golf it's such a, you know, it's, it's worldwide and it's just so different in different places. You know, you're not going to get the stuff that you get here in East Texas, you know, in Dallas or in, in out there in Phoenix, you know, the stuff that we do. Yeah. Because golf is just looked at in a different, in a different way. Yep. So what was the best part of like your best barbecue tour stories? Oh, um, and I've probably the, the the one at the top. It doesn't really include me, but it was my partner who. So we're playing this two man scramble in uh, in Greenville, Texas. Okay, uh, just a little little east of Dallas. Okay. Me and C, it was C Willie. Um, 
and I think we were tied for the lead or close to the lead, something like that. Well, the other team that we were tied with had a, at the time, he was playing on the PGA Tour. His name is, uh, was uh, is, uh, Stephen Bowditch. He's, I think he's Australian. Great okay. Guy. Super, super fun guy. I mean, whenever me and my friend, I was staying at his house, whenever we left, those two were getting into the pool. And this, I mean, it, it, it was dark. So we, we go home, we go to bed, we wake up. I call my partner to see how the night went. He is still in the pool with <laughs> Bowditch. Really? All night? All night long. Oh, my goodness. I said, so we're you just, you're not going to sleep at all? He's like, oh, no, we're just, we're going to party. I said, like, all right, that's fine. We're playing with him. We're playing with Bowditch and his partner the, the, on Sunday, the last day. And my partner and him, they barely can stand up. Like, it, bang. Well, thankfully, Bowditch just calls calf rope after five holes and says, Guy, I'm, I'm, going, I'm going home. I can't do this no more. Oh, my goodness. Somehow, Colton stand, is he, he is able to stand upright for the rest of the rest of the time, and we end up winning. But yeah, that was that's probably one of the craziest stories I've ever been a part of. Yeah, that's insane. That sounds a lot like our uh, our fiasco at the. Uh invite in weatherford a couple years ago that was uh it was pretty much in the same in the same breath as that just minus the pool yeah well actually we did have a couple get in the pool to bathe because we didn't we had just got back and we didn't have a and we didn't have a hotel room yeah so yeah it definitely can get wild out there those are uh those are fun though man i mean like that if you've never experienced that and like, don't get me wrong. It doesn't take away from like golf itself, you know, but like, it's just a different way of looking at the game and like enjoying it for some people. Oh yeah. Because like a lot of people, I mean, let's say you got, you were, you know, in your thirties, forties kind of picked it up late and yeah, you could go out there and shoot 78 or you could shoot 88, but you don't want to go, you know, play your own ball every single day and that's how you play the game and some people do that and that's fine but like it's way more fun to be able to play have a chance to maybe win some money and like there's nothing better in my opinion like when we go down to Conroe and you watch those guys in the bottom flights like they're out there grinding I mean these these are 15 to 18 handicaps and everybody's watching them it doesn't you would think they were you know championship flight the way that people are following them and watching them and cheering them on and like you're not going to experience that, you know, as a 15 or 18 handicap. No, yeah, no. Like the pressure of winning a tournament, you know, like that's just it's really cool. Yeah. Speaking of Conroe, you ready for a uh, GBO? I am, and yeah. 
Uh, I don't know if you were there last year whenever – I think maybe you and Scarborough had left. Um, it might have been for the Invitational. Because you and I played GBO last year, and you you stayed. I took I drove you home, right? Yes, yeah. We went home. We yeah. ended up staying Sunday night and went home Monday. Well, I don't know when this – I don't know when it was, but – I don't know if I told you, but, um, you know, I always stay Sunday night down there just because there's no way I can drive home. <laughs> yeah. Other circumstances. So we, uh, it was me, Botch, and D-Stuff. We were... oh, I'll tell you what it was. It was the uh, El Trace Boa. That's when it was because I ended up coming home on Sunday after that. Okay. So, yeah. All right. So, that's what it, yeah, that's what it was. So, we were thinking about going to Rana's, but we decided not to. And me and D-Steph um, just drove our golf carts through the Taco Bell drive through to pick us up something to eat. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's, yeah. Uh, that's a, There's not a lot of places of the, you can do that. Yeah, no. And very, that's one of the great things minimal. about Conroe. No, it's the, it's, the, it's the best part about it. Yeah. Um, no, we're we're pretty excited. We were talking about, uh, I think, uh, have you met T.W., Aaron, uh, the big guy from uh, up there in Weatherford? He comes and plays in center sometimes? No, I, I don't think so. Okay. Well, we were talking to him today. That's what made me bring it up. Well, he was I think he's going to go down there and play. Maybe him and Jesse Teske are going to team up and – go down there um but yeah it's oh. it's it's really just a good time um and and a lot of good golf is played down there too it would surprise yeah. a lot of people man so how many center uh how many center guys are going so you got uh for gbo i'm gonna play with pro yeah. and then uh, there's two brett and gwen which don't count gwen so they got three of us and then um I guess yeah, just uh, Jesse and uh, Jesse and T Dub, but that's only for GBO. We don't really ever come down there for that. But uh, for the Invitational, there's eight of us coming down this year. Hmm. So it'll, uh, I'm sure the center boys will make a splash. They'll know we were there. <laughs> Maybe not from our play, but oh, they always know y'all are there. Yeah, it's it's a good time though. Uh, yeah, y'all are a lot of fun to be around. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. So, a, a couple just golf to get your opinion on things, just a couple other things to talk about. So, I don't know. I don't keep up as much as I used to with golf, but I still, you know, keep up a fair amount. And I've been – all I've been seeing is the uh, – have you seen anything about the Saudi Arabian – tour my i hear about it every now and then whenever i listen to the pga tour channel on xm radio yeah well i just i don't know i find it just very intriguing because obviously it's probably not going to take away the best players in the game um you know they would never leave the pga tour just because if you think about it it's really not like you take dj rory like those guys, it's not about the money for them anymore. I mean, it is, but at the same time, it's really not. It's just about, you know, their 
their career and their, you know, being in the history books, like the Hall of Fame and stuff. Yeah. I think, but you yeah. take a guy yeah. like you take a guy like Phil. He doesn't really have much to prove anymore. Uh, he's made his money. He's a Hall of Famer. However many wins he has, like I feel like he would be a guy who would do it. Yeah, yeah, I never because, thought about that. Because he could still play the majors, he could still play the Masters and the and the British Open and all those because they're not affiliated with the PGA Tour. The only one he couldn't play is the PGA Championship. Yeah. Um, so with that in mind, I feel like Phil would do it, but I just saw today, uh, it popped up on my phone. They offered Bryson DeChambeau $125 million to join their tour. Wow. I've never, I thought they were just offering guys like 30 or 40 million. Yeah. That's what it was. They said at first, like, I think they were, don't quote me on this, but I think they said they offered Justin Thomas 60. And he was going to be the highest. Well, it didn't really get any traction. Well, so they throw this crazy number of 120 or 100. I think, yeah, it's $125 million to come play. And that's without the stuff he could win on the golf course. That's just a base amount just to join yeah. the tour. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I mean, I mean, how many people can they actually, I know they have a lot of money. But how many people can they actually get? Yeah, but you take a guy like you take a guy like I don't know because they're saying they don't want it very big, like forty people max, thirty to forty people, um, and so you take the benefits of it. They only have to play about I think they said uh, I think they said it's like twenty four tournaments a year, so that's two times a month on average. So they're only playing yeah. two times a month, and it's all over the world, and the purses are stupid. And I, th- I I don't know. I have mixed feelings about it. But, like, you take a guy like Harry Higgs or Sam Burns who, yeah, they've had some success on tour and they're young. But, like, they could go over there and make generational money that, like, you're not guaranteed playing on the PGA Tour. Yeah. But where I'm where is this money coming from? Yeah, that's true. That is very true. But, like, you take Tiger Woods' career – earnings on the golf course okay i looked it up it's 122 million is uh-huh. how much he made on the golf course now obviously he had all his stuff outside of that but that's just what you can know you can make by playing golf and being one of the best players in the world and that's with 80 something wins bryson DeChambeau's only got like six seven wins and he could guarantee himself more money than Tiger Woods made on the golf course in his whole career. Yeah. But then again, it's all, and where's this money coming from? I mean, I, I, I just, or about a month ago, I heard a story about a mini tour down in Florida who, yeah. Have you heard this? I, I, I actually heard it on uh, some podcast, but go ahead tell it. I, it's pretty crazy how the guys didn't get yeah, paid. How, yeah. They got, and it's a, I mean, it sounds it's just like this tour overseas. It sounds great, like you got a hundred and this tour in Florida paying out a hundred thousand dollars for first place for a main tour. That's that's unheard of. I mean, that is that's real good money. And you go out there and uh, now, granted, they it was a playoff, 
and second place is getting fifty thousand. I mean, that's another thing too. I mean, that's great money for second place in a. Oh yeah, no doubt. I, mean, I don't think I ever played in a mini tour event that where first place paid over thirty, and they're yeah. out there playing for a hundred for first and fifty for second. And they go out there and they decided they'll play it off, but instead of I think first they decided on first getting eighty thousand and second getting seventy. Well, yeah, okay. Well, it makes no difference whenever the tour can't even pay out the. I forgot what it was like the top five or ten guys, whatever. I mean, that's just that's yeah. That's they awful. still owe like two hundred, close to three hundred thousand dollars in in yeah. Who they need to pay out. And they just didn't, yeah. the money wasn't there. And they said it was from some sponsor backed out or something like that. But like, man, that's just, that's just, that would be really, really tough because, you know, it would be one thing if those were guys who already were like financially stable and, you know, it took them a little while to pay them off. Okay. But this is guys who play week by week. That's how they get around. You know, that's how they continue their life. Yeah. Yeah, imagine, I mean, $100,000 for a mini tour player, that is, that can go a long ways. I mean, that's, I mean, depending on what all you're playing in and how far you're traveling, I mean, that that can go a year or two. Yeah, I mean, yeah no doubt. Just depending on what you're doing. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um it's a bad deal, but maybe they'll get it figured out. And obviously, that tour is probably shut down by now. Probably not even a thing yeah, anymore. Hopefully, they get those guys paid somehow. I just pulled it up. It's a Golf Digest um, article that says, Phil Mickelson says PGA Tour's obnoxious greed has him looking elsewhere. Hmm. And then well, it says yeah, right it, under that, Bryson DeChambeau says report he's been offered $135 million to join the Super Golf League. That, yeah, that's... I think he's dumb if he doesn't do it. Now, like you're saying, you don't know where that money's coming from, but, like, if it all checks out and, like, they actually can do what they say they're going to do, I, I yeah. think he's stupid if he doesn't do it. I mean, he's that type of guy, though. Like, he's just – he does everything different anyways. So, why would he – you know, he's big into, like, YouTube and things of that nature, um, like making golf content. So, really, I think it's more about the game for him than it is about the actual tour, you know. Yeah. And so, as long as he's playing golf, he probably doesn't care. And you throw in $135 million, that makes it just a little bit easier. So, is there hey. – how many tournaments do they have to play, or how many years do they have to play? Yeah, so it, it would definitely be like a it would definitely be like a contract for a certain number of years. I'm I'm thinking that if you're talking that amount of money, he's definitely going to be locked in for like let's say ten years. So what happens if he goes? I mean, because he just he, he's hurt right now. He's his back's hurt and his wrist is hurt from swinging so hard. I guess. And what happens if he goes out? It says, yeah, I'll take that one thirty five. Goes out there next year and hurts himself and 
has to have surgery or something and he can't he can't play. Hmm. And then PJ Tours mad at him for leaving. So whenever he gets healthy, he can't come back to that or Yeah, he'll be banned from the tour. He, and but but he's or, still yeah, I see what you're saying with injuries, you know, that could that could play a role. But th- still, though, like, you think about a guy like LeBron James, he's still getting paid when he's injured. They're not they're not taking anything away from him. Yeah. And 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 that's what – not saying golf needs that because it's definitely different. But he's also – he's also selling jerseys and – Yeah. I'm sure yeah, – That's true. That's the true. Lakers are getting some sort of money from jersey sales. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, just from what I'm reading right here, it says Lee Westwood and uh, and Dustin Johnson both in their press conferences uh, in the last week said that they – uh, they signed a no disclosure agreement, so like that they didn't have to talk about it. So they're obviously both weighing on doing it. I don't know. I think it'd be pretty cool to get like ten, twelve of the best players in the world and just watch them every week go at it. Like that's that's pretty cool. But it would it would it would literally kill the PGA Tour. Yeah, it would. It'd be done because without those guys, like you just think about the ratings from like Bermuda or like the tournaments that they have where none of the best players play, like. It's terrible. Well, yeah, maybe maybe they'll all go over there, and then the, the golf channel will have to start covering uh, barbecue tournaments. Oh, dude, how how epic would that be? ETO coverage. Uh, yeah, that would be. So, like, what yeah, are your got... okay? So, transitioning in, um, you got any more uh, crazy stories for us, or stories that the listeners would like to hear? <clears throat> Uh, I think I do. Um, so probably 10 or 12 years ago, me and my buddy, we won down in Crown. We won the first two events down there. Uh, they had a, they had a two man scramble. And then I think Bill was, uh, it was a shamble or something like that. Uh, so, 4th of July, it's a best ball tournament. And we won by 13, I believe. Uh, Three-day tournament, we won by 13. And they told us that we were not welcome back. And it took me, it took me five or six years. To get back down there to to play, golly, that's crazy. And there's some pretty good players that play down in Crockett too. Oh yeah, yeah. They're all. I mean, normally uh, it's pretty it's pretty good. Yeah, it, there's the uh, there's some sticks down there. Was that y'all's first time going down there, or did they know no, y'all and they I, just said had, sorry? I mean, since I mean, we, I mean, we grew up in Palestine, so I mean, we had we had played. Uh, we had played down there quite a few times. Uh, I, I mean, I'm not. I mean, it was hard for him since he went to Odessa, and he was he was four year. I and mean, I was a senior when he was a freshman. So I think maybe we had played down there maybe a year or two before, 
before that. Um, and I, I think maybe the, our first year we might have won one tournament, one or two tournaments. Um, yeah. But yeah, that yeah when you when you sw- when you sweep them and then win by thirteen shots, it is kind of hard for the guy who's running the tournament to get people to come back. Yeah. But, I mean, but like I mean, what said, are you going to do? I mean, they, they got some good players saying. Oh, there's players. no doubt. There's no doubt. Yeah. Also, um, so here's one of my best barbecue tournament stories ever. And if so give us a little, there, give us a little backstory. I feel like I know what you're going to talk about. Give us a little backstory on this tournament because I think it's a really cool deal. I'm, I'm hoping I get to play in it next year. So this tournament is, it's in uh, North Carolina. It's a Stableford, so you get, it, it's a, it's on points. You get, but anyway, if you get to a double, you just pick up. You get zero. You get one point for bogey and um, two for a par, four for a birdie, and six for an eagle, and. And it, all it is is it's a big gambling match. That's all it is. Yeah, and you go out. You, yeah, you play in the you play the the tournament round the day before in the in the morning, and then afterwards you go to the bar, you eat lunch, and then you find out a bet. You, you come up with a bet with the guys from. Um, Georgia, big gamblers, because it's so, a bunch of guys from Texas and a bunch of guys from there. Yeah, there and there's some. Uh, I mean, there's that's what uh, mostly what it is. I mean, there's some guys sprinkled in from like Tennessee and Arkansas, and uh, but yeah, mostly it's if you want a gambling match, you you go to either Texas or to. The Georgia guys, that's who like to gamble. And so my first year there, me and and me and Tota, ain't nobody knows this. Um, we get a and the Georgia guys they they like to play a scramble. So and this course it's real short and it's it's there's really nothing to it, um, but they want to play a scramble, so. To as who have been there before, uh, uh, they asked us to play. It's like, yeah, we'll play. Um, you settle up the bets, and and the guy from Georgia likes to gamble. And when I say likes, I mean he loves it because he is. I mean, he's got anywhere from ten to thirty thousand dollars per hole. So you, I mean. Texas guys, we all just divvy it up, and and you want five hundred dollars or a thousand a hole, and you get it to where it's reasonable. Yeah, you uh, you get it to where you, you can match the guy from Georgia. Yeah. Well, me and Tony's first time, we uh, we won the first four holes, and after that, they called cap rope and. Said they're done, and they looked at me and told us like, "Yeah, y- y'all are too good. We can't play with y'all." And 
pretty much kicked us out of every aim every year. You could still play in the tournament, but you just they wouldn't take bets with y'all. Yeah, yeah, we, we, yeah, we would just go out there. After that, we would just go out there and watch um, the the money match because I mean that's where I mean it's so much fun. Yeah, to, to watch. I mean, you could still bet on it, but they wouldn't let us play until. One year, I had this bright idea, which, so, you know, every year I ask, I mean, I asked all, I said, hey, let me get in the game. Every year, no. So, one year, the the big three-on-three scramble match went out before, I mean, we still, we would still go out there and play just after the tournament round, we still go out there and play, um, have our own little money game. So one year, the, the big three on three went first and we probably started as first hole was par five. We probably started once they were on the second hole and we caught them on Number four. Number four is a drivable par four. And I was telling my buddy, you know, little, little Greg. You know oh, little yeah. Greg. Mm-hmm. And I told little Greg, I said, hey, I want in this gambling match tomorrow. If we have a chance, we, we need to speed some things up. And I think on the next hole, it's par three. I think if if we're on the tee box when they're still in the green on the par three, I think they'll let us go through. And if he does let us go through, then I'm going to shank this ball on purpose just so I can get into the gambling match. <laughs> he said, there's no way you can shank it. I said, well, just watch me. You, If they let us go through, just watch me. Sure enough, get up there on that tee box. They're on the green. They wave us down. A couple guys hit. I get up there. It's a hundred and probably twenty-five yard par three, downhill, playing nothing. I shank that ball so far right into the trees, into the ditch, and everything. Guess who was in the? <laughs> okay. Well, there you have it. I, I... There's there's more than one way to get into the game, I guess. I've never heard of somebody doing it like that. I mean, sometimes you gotta I mean, get creative, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you got to just to get back into That's the game. That's crazy. And I will tell you that. that is crazy. So, so the the next day, I was in the game, and you know, it's a three on three scramble. Um, you know, whenever my, my partners would hit up their tight, I would shank it again on purpose. And finally, on the ninth hole, he came over to me and said, hey, that's enough. I know what you're doing. <laughs> wow. Oh, man. That is insane. So he knew the whole time. Well, I think he caught on. Yeah, the next day probably. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's crazy. Well, what about 
what about like high school and I know you got some high school and college stories that that are that would be fun to hear. No, uh, I do. I mean, it's it's probably it's not really golf related. It's more having fun and yeah, and that's part of it. That's part of it. That's what the listeners want to hear. Yeah, it is part of it. And all my stories are with Toda Kane. He's one of my he probably my best friend. Um, So you know, I'm and he's a freshman. uh, Probably one of the earlier tournaments of the year. His I mean, might have been his second or third tournament in high school. Um, we're playing in in Denton, and we're st- we're staying in a motel with and the and we didn't know this at the time, but it just happened to work out perfect. Somehow he got naked in the hotel room whenever he was, <laughs> whenever the 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 Oklahoma State women's soccer team was walking up the stairs to their rooms, and somehow we saw it, and me and my other buddy that was a senior pushed him out the door in front of all the girls. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's a way to that's a way to get kicked into high school golf. But yeah, he uh, he tried to he tried to get me back. He uh, I had my I had another tournament in Ennis. Um, he tried to get me back, and I had my shower water running, and he went in there and peed in my sh- and. <laughs> Somehow I found out about there. I think he maybe told me like he was laughing. Ha ha, I got you back. And um, well, whenever he was taking a shower, I might have took a dump and whopped <laughs> with his putter head cover. <laughs> oh, he didn't know goodness. it until... He didn't know it until halfway through the round the next day. <laughs> and I saw that head cover. <laughs> I saw that head cover whenever I went through on one of the one of those holes. Oh my goodness. That is that is yeah, that was some serious hazing. Yeah. I'm well, surprised yeah. I'm surprised hey, really... Toto made it through. Yeah, well, he's a he's a tough kid. Uh, yeah, I mean, hey, it was it was fun. I mean, he, it's all good fun. All I'm good sure fun. I, I'm forgetting some story. I mean, he probably got me back some somehow somewhere else. I just can't really remember. <laughs> I just remember all the stuff I did to, yeah. did to him. No, that's and, good. Uh, so what about college? Well, I, I, I mean, that Baylor golf team, I've heard stories, um, you know, not any that just come to mind, but I know there were some, some good ones. Man, my time with Baylor, we had, a, we had a lot of fun. Um, we got to know the guys pretty good, Colt Nost and Brandon DeStefano, Colt uh, – 
he played on the tour for a little bit and he's now a, a CBS reporter and uh, has his own show on XM radio uh, with a guy that played at TCU. But you know, somehow uh, we got those, we got Colt and D-Steps come down to Waco to play in our beer fest. I, I can't remember if it, we, we did two. I can't remember if it was the first or second one, but so beer fest is just a bunch of drinking games like quarters and beer pong and bat span and monkey chug and volume chug. Yeah. So how long did this go on for? Like how long? Oh, they're in. Like, is it, how long is it over, over a weekend or something? Oh, I mean, no, this is, no, all these games are, I mean, we played them in one night. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, no, no, there's no, there's no break. Like, once you, once you start and then once you finish an uh, 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 event, then you, you, you pick uh, the next one. Also, what I forgot, um, so we, uh, we had teams, green and gold teams, um, and we all, each team came out to the Chicago, uh, the Chicago Bulls uh, theme song and had somebody on a microphone introducing everybody coming out of a room. Uh, <laughs> it was, I mean, it was legit. So <laughs> during the, the one thing, like, one thing I remember the most from Beer Fest is Jeremy Alcorn, uh, who was by far our best uh, drinker, he he was good, and he went up against Colt in the volume chug. Volume chug is you chug uh, whoever chugs a pitcher of beer the fastest that team wins. And I I I had never drank with Colt before, but he put germ or Jeremy Alcorn, he put, he put him to shame. Like it was, <laughs> it wasn't even close pods. It was, it, crazy. Probably, he had a quarter or probably more like a third of his pitcher left. Um, whenever Colt had finished. Golly. That but is yeah, insane. It's, I mean, we had we had some good times in in Waco. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, I tell you what, Bubba. If uh, he, he he probably won't ever hear this, but if this gets around to Colt and Colt does hear this, he's more than welcome to come to the CCC and challenge uh, our boy Buck. Because I've I've, I've tried. I'll have my I've money. Tried. I hope he does hear it. I've tried. I've tried to get him. To come play with me in the Green Bear in the past couple of years, but he's always too busy. I oh bet. yeah, they got they got stuff every weekend, you know. Yeah, um, with CBS, but now they they seem like the type of guys who would have fun, um, oh, like he in would. Conroe or wherever. Oh yeah, he would he would fit right in. Yeah, no doubt. But um, yeah, so that that was a good one, but I don't. I'm kind of confused. I don't know what the whole story is, but all I heard was something about a boat, and it was pretty funny. So what's that story about? No, oh, that's when uh, 
Yeah, one summer we were there was probably there was there was eight of us living in the same duplex complex. It, it was four and one, and then four and the other. And one summer, uh, one of our neighbors who and he ended up being pretty cool, but there at the beginning he was he wasn't really. And well, he left his uh, he left his boat. Uh, parked in the parking lot that I mean, wasn't hooked up, just left him sitting there on the trailer. And one night, I mean, we had one of our little parties, and I guess he had gone <laughs> to bed, <laughs> so we just uh, we picked it up, rolled it, and r- rolled it behind the far end of one of the duplexes where you couldn't see it in the parking lot. I actually couldn't see it from anywhere in the complex unless you drove past it uh, going out of town. And he woke up knocking on everybody's door like, where's my boat? Where's my boat? Where's my boat? And finally, somebody told him where it was. And he was he was kind of mad, but he got over it. Uh, but yeah, that was by far probably one of the best pranks we ever we ever pulled on anybody in while we were at uh Baylor. Oh that's pretty good. I bet he was freaking out. Yeah, yeah, and you come outside the next morning to go fishing and your thirty five thousand dollar boat is missing. Yeah, yeah I can't believe it I can't believe he left it out there. I can't. Yeah, I mean, knowing knowing that y'all live there and all the, one, what went down, leave it hooked up to your truck or something. You know, all right, no telling. But well, hey, Bubba, I've enjoyed it. Uh, this has been fun. Uh, I think the viewers are gonna gonna like the stories and like the content. And uh, I'm gonna make sure to post you a bunch when we go down to GBO so they can so they can see how good you are. Because I mean. You are one well, of the I better, best. I better get to practicing then. <laughs> you got about a month, Pods. Yeah. Well, hey, yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, I I do appreciate it. Um, it's always oh, good it talking good. to you, Pods. It's been fun. Yes, sir. Well, you right, take man. care, brother. See you. All right. Bye. Well, that wraps up our 10th episode of the Podscast. Um it's pretty different doing it without a co-host and really not talking much PGA tour, but I think it'll be good um, having some of these guests on and we may not do it every week with a guest, but we're definitely going to try to do it at least every other week. And so if y'all listen and y'all think of somebody who you'd like to hear their stories or that would be good, uh, shoot us a DM or any way you can contact us and uh, get us connected with them. We'd love to do it. Um, and they don't have to be a college golfer or a good golfer by any means. It's just anybody with good content, and good stories. We'd love to have them on and, uh, yeah, have a day. So see you guys next week.